Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, a lot to get into. The Big Red Blitz is concluded and some backlash. We'll dive into McCaffrey Gate in a bit. Uh, our friend Doug Duda out of ESPN, Cardi Hastings Grand Island. The Superstation was there and we've got some sound from Frosty. Uh, on the way, Brandon Vogel in 20 minutes. Managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel going to be with us. Coach Gary Barnett in one hour. And then Burke's best bets. Daddy's got a load of NBA for you around 540. Elijah, it's 1,000 degrees outside. Do you not own any bro tanks? Well, I wouldn't wear them to work. What what I spent my entire day doing, actually, was I was, I was in the hunt for two rats at my house to test the age-old adage. If I put them in a wool sock, that it would get quite steamy in there. So, <laughs> you seriously have rats? No, no. Okay. no. I, I was, I was, I was looking for them. I had the wool sock, and I was just like, I, I was trying to find a way to lure them in there. <laughs> I, I'm gonna quit asking what you do away from the office. <laughs> I'm just done. Uh, you're hooping. You're, you're, you're mooching barbecue off dad. Good for you. Uh, or, or you're working. I mean, that's kind of the the circle of of Elijah. Well, yeah. Good on you. Or watching sports. Watching sports is the fourth option there. There it is. Uh, let's talk a little bit here about Nebraska football, the Big Red Blitz, uh, and you know we'll also get into the the weekend visit update. A lot of local flavor coming to to Lincoln or from the region anyway. Uh, we'll be in, so we'll get you updated on that. Numbers to dive in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Just to kind of reset, uh, you had a uh, reaction from the uh, couple of McCaffreys, uh, specifically pro bowler Christian McCaffrey taking aim at Scott Frost for his comments about transfers and you know, Monday we found out that Luke was going to Rice from Louisville. Our friend Mitch Sherman from The Athletic um, tweeted out, and in live settings, you are tweeting out as much as you can uh, on the reporting side and just trying to get the info out there. That was screenshot, quote tweeted by Luke's older brother, Christian McCaffrey, saw those comments, interpreted them as a bit of a slam towards his brother, uh, Luke McCaffrey. So Christian tweeted at Frost about his own experience as a transfer and the uh, 
Carolina Back also had this to say, hold on, didn't you transfer transfer PSA to all recruits? Take note on how a coach treats his players once they're no longer useful to him. Help me out, Elijah. Where is Max McCaffrey at in the pecking order of McCaffrey's? Is he is he below Dylan and above Luke? I don't know. But Max McCaffrey also was going uh, to back his brother's play. Old Tombstone reference there. Transfers in college brings in transfers this week. Bad advice. Treat all players, former and current, with respect, especially kids. Both McCaffrey's saying, come on, man. I say this. I say Scott Frost can't win. I say Scott Frost has got a bullseye on his back by national media. I say you had two family members uh, read a snippet and were half-cocked and, and went off. And we're going we're gonna to start with this. If they need to be pissed at anybody about what's said or insinuated about Luke McCaffrey. Let's go back a week ago. Let's go back a week ago first to to Louisville's head coach on radio. And the insinuation that the coach made wasn't damning, wasn't a flamethrower. It was, look, I don't think the kid wanted to compete. Yeah, you know, Luke came in last week, um, started working out Wednesday uh, with the team, and then I, I guess, you know, after the week, uh, those three or four days decided that this this wasn't the place for him. I think his big thing for what he wanted to do was be able to come in and, and play, um, you know, and be a starting quarterback, and um, I guess, you know, after three or four days decided that, that maybe, you know, that wasn't going to happen here. So, um, you know, wish him the best. Not sure what he's going to do, but, uh, you know, he's a good player, good 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 person. So, listen, thought he was going to come in, just kind of waltz in and be quarterback. That's how I'm hearing it. Isn't going to work out that way. You transfer to Rice. There's a connection there because of older brother Christian. The man at Rice was his offensive coordinator at Stanford. Rice doesn't typically get four-star quarterbacks, okay? And and there you go. We're spending a lot of time and energy on a kid that's that's – you know, now two programs removed from Nebraska. But Scott Frost taking it on the chin from the brothers McCaffrey. Let's hear what Scott Frost had to say in its full context, in its entirety. This was in Carney. This is a Q&A session. It's a question about the transfer portal. Here is the reality. You're going to learn the hard way like we all did when we're young. Mom and dad don't know what the hell they're talking about. Coach doesn't know what he's talking Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. I'm going to go somewhere else. And I'm going to play there because I'm getting hosed here. Right? It's not ever about you. Or perhaps maybe there's a better spot for you on the team. Luke McCaffrey's a great football player. Luke McCaffrey's not a great quarterback. That's okay. That's absolutely okay. This is Scott Frost in Kearney not hammering his former player at all. There's no question that it's, it's going to be risky to put your name in the portal. I'll, I'll tell you this, it's not supposed to happen, but the ones you really want that are in the portal, they already know where they're going before they put their name in the portal, which is tampering and illegal, but that's, that's the way it's working. 
Um, at one point, I think there was 1,100 kids in the portal. There's only 120 some Division One schools in the country. Um, so there's gonna be a lot of kids left without a seat, metaphorically, when the music stops. Um, the other dangerous part is it. Uh, graduations rates go way, way down when you leave one school and go to another. Heck, we had one leave that's already left the next place he's going and headed to another place. Um, and, and that's the biggest, I think the biggest thing that's going to get hurt is, is if kids don't get their college education because they're transferring around trying to chase a little better situation from a football perspective, that affects their life. And, um, I don't think the pendulum will swing back, though, because every kid that leaves any program thinks they're going straight to Nebraska or Alabama. And uh, the reality is most of them aren't. We've had some leave that have, have wound up at places that, I guess the right way to say it is Nebraska is a way better place. It would have been a way better place for them. They end up in, uh, my opinion, lesser places. And But every kid thinks they're uh, going to get the same interest or more than they got coming out of high school, and it just isn't true. So a lot of those kids are getting bad advice, bad leadership from other places. And uh, buckle up, because this isn't the last time you're going to see all this stuff happen. It, it's just going to keep happening. So you could you could look at that response and hear that response from Coach Frost. And once you leave, do you go to a lesser place? I know Nebraska's 12 and 20. I know Nebraska is not ruling the Big Ten. Nebraska isn't Rice, all right? Nebraska and Louisville. Louisville's had a little more recency with the Lamar Jackson success a couple of coaches ago. So I don't know that Louisville, and I never thought I'd say this in my life, <laughs> I don't think Louisville's a worse place than Nebraska, okay, when it comes to football, but they've, they've been better than Nebraska the last 15 years. Well, I don't think you can contest the fact that Luke probably got some bad advice. He, he left a place, exactly. where, he left a place he left. with a firmly entrenched starter where he was set to be the, the starter once Adrian left. He was second in line. Unless somebody beat him out, he was set to be the next starter. And he transferred somewhere that also already had a starter in place, a two-year starter who's going to be a three-year starter. And you think you're going to be able to, to go over to take him I mean, you, you left the exact same situation for a new situation on a, or for the same situation on a different team that's bad advice well it, it's absolutely bad advice and let's be a little bit more frank louisville's quarterback situation way more stable than nebraska's when we look at numbers and touchdown passes and right i mean adrian got pulled and you had your shot the thing that rubs me wrong here about McCaffrey is is going into the portal not really from what I've been told committing to looking at quarterback and wide receiver in the spring saying you know what I'll, I'll, I'll be back and then transferring Staying on scholarship, on stipend, and then taking courses distance, distance learning. And I know it was COVID, but you stayed on scholarship. You, you burnt that, and that could have been a, a walk-on's relief. Okay? You and your family, I'm going to be counting your money, sorry, don't need scholarship money. You don't need $1,500 stipend. You, you don't. So I don't like that. I don't like what happened the last game of the year with Rutgers where you're warming up one minute, you're in street clothes the next. Need an explanation for that. You were healthy enough to warm up. Don't know that there was an injury. You weren't going to start, so 
You just check out. And, and, I, and to be honest, too, and I know it, it's a different, more sensitive world. I got kind of a problem with, uh, with, with Christian McCaffrey opting out when he was at Stanford. I know it wasn't the Rose Bowl like the previous year that you were playing in. But I just don't think that's very stand-up to your teammates. Scott Frost said something about, okay, lesser program. That's reach. He's not wrong. I know you've recruited these kids, so it's your job to keep them here. That hasn't happened with the attrition. But a lot of kids haven't gone on to bigger, better programs. And you're going to learn the hard way you leave due to tampering or whatever, and you may not have a spot. Somebody at Louisville lied to the McCaffreys about his opportunity, mm-hmm. period, to get him away. And you just, I hope he does well. I hope he kicks butt for rice. I, I, I love talking to him and watching him play ball. You just got to wonder, uh, if you're Scott Frost, you've just got a vendetta against you. You got flogged like a baby seal. Uh, by national media with the Big Ten a year ago because you wanted to play football. You're getting punched in the face for the whole Oklahoma scheduling thing three months ago. Is that three months ago? Whatever. It's a blur. And now uh, you've got got the the brothers McCaffrey coming after you because they think you're, you're back in the old bus up over Luke. And you win more, you're okay. You're not winning. But you answered an honest question from a fan in the stands, a Q&A on the portal, and you just referenced what happened. You're not saying good, bad, or ugly. You're just saying it's going to be tough for a lot of kids because you've got a supply and demand problem. You've got 130 programs. You've got 1,100 kids or probably 1,200 kids in the portal, and you don't have that many spots per team. And if you're, if you're McCaffrey... Good luck, God bless. I understand family backing family. But know the whole context here of of the greater conversation before you come after Frost about transferring. And then get your facts straight on his transfer. That's the other last part of this that's a joke. Um, Scott's the first to say, look, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I transferred. Well, he got the hell kicked out of him every day at practice going coming to a national championship team and then by the way having to follow Tommy Frazier and, and he also transferred because his coach left at Stanford yeah, Bill, you want to talk about some some bad advice hey Scott come to Stanford I'll get you the NFL as a quarterback and then leave after one year yeah or two or whatever so, yeah, it was. Bill Walsh God love Bill Walsh was phenomenal but the 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 offer of the NFL and being Joe Montana's quarterback won the recruiting day uh, one day in Wood River. And then you transfer back, and then you got to... Scott Frost has always paid his dues. And that's a monster problem you have with, I'm going to get my old man chair out, I'm going to put on my white New Balance, and I'm going to sit in the yard and stay stay off my lawn. But that's what you got with, with, with kids today, is, is the, the paying the dues part. It, it sucks, but it makes you better. I a thousand percent believe that. And I think the, the, the last element to this, and we'll get to Brandon Vogel, is be careful. <laughs> be careful going after the famous families. And what I mean by that is there's just not a great history, to my mind, of coaches getting celebrity kids, be it player or 
entertainer. UCLA flirted with Snoop and P. Diddy's kid. Didn't work out. Keyshawn Jr., the Nebraska saga. You've got the McCaffrey family. You've got the Warner family. I'm sure the McCaffreys are nice people. I've always really appreciated Kurt Warner, especially all the fundraising he does for special needs. So I think he's a stand-up guy that way. But you had Papa Bear Warner on Twitter a lot trying to get Kate a landing spot, you know, a captain that transfers. So you love your kids and you want them to perform well, but they got to kind of swim on their own is my take. Is this your warning flag for, uh, for going to recruiting Archie Manning? No, I think the, the Mannings have been. I think I think I think I think Papa Bear Archie has been pretty stand up. Yeah, he wants his boy. They've been that good. Yeah, that that okay? that, that new that new Manning looks uh, like he's going to be the next face of college football. They've they've been that good. So Peyton and Eli started this freshman because they were great, and you know proof is in their their record in the NFL. Brandon Vogel's next. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Gary Barnett will get his take on recruiting, tampering, Arizona State, and the transfer portal. We welcome in... Managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Brandon L. Vogel, his book, John Cook and Brandon collaborated, Dream Like a Champion. Vogues, uh, we can talk Portal, we can talk Big Red Blitz, but I want to get into to tampering. And Vogues, you're a smart guy. How would you execute a, well, an effective transfer slash, uh, uh, I, I guess, uh, poaching? If you were, folks were hiring you as part of X staff, we need that quarterback that isn't happy about playing time. How would you go about getting him? Uh, well, speaking of bad advice, allow me to offer some. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I assume I, I assume it gets pretty AAU basketball pretty quickly in, in a football context when uh, those sorts of things do happen. I'm guessing most of this goes through a high school coach or, you know, and, and depending on your location, uh, it may not be the case so much with, with some of the Midwest schools, but certainly in the South, like the odds that, you know, a player from Georgia or Florida, you're going to have a player who, who played on the same high school team, particularly if you recruited a high level with some of those powerhouse programs that like there are ways uh, you can make it known that you would be pretty interested in that player, if they were thinking about uh, jumping into the portal, you know, not forcing anybody's hand, of course, just if that were something that that player were considering, I'm assuming that's how most of it happens. You know, it, it has got to be, there, there's uh, six degrees of separation always, right? Between a trader, a coach, uh, a teammate. I mean, it, it just, there's, there's different ways to, get inside the walls uh, a guy you're close with and had a just a marvelous feature on uh, a couple of yearbooks ago with hail varsity was mario verdusco what were your takeaways i want to go to the quarterback again from some of mario's comments uh uh when he was out blitzing yesterday with uh with smothers with harburg and of course the the turnover topic and benching situation with adrian <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, uh, I, I thought the, the comments about Smothers were, were the ones that jumped out the, the most to me. And, and Mario's, you know, <laughs> people have heard him talk a lot now in the past couple of years that he's been at Nebraska. You know, he's pretty frank. Like, if a guy's good in some regards and not so good in others, like, he'll tell you. Um, so to hear that about Logan, it, it didn't surprise me, uh, I guess, post-spring, you know, based on what we saw and based on how quickly Harburg was able to, to get into that race. Um, it, it was still a surprise from, from where I thought maybe things were starting at in January. And that's okay. Like, it's, it's totally fine to, to be where you're at. Last year was a weird year. You know, it was pretty clear that Logan wasn't going to play. Still made all those trips, which is valuable. But, you know, it, we're, we're going to be figuring out for years how to and kind of unpeeling all of the impacts of, of 2020 and maybe this is one of them. Uh, so for Mario to say, like, hey, you know, it was a slow start to, to spring for him, for the guy that um, almost by default became the, the backup until we got to see a little bit more of Harburg. Um, it, it was just pretty frank and honest, which I guess is what we've come to expect from Mario. But still, to, to hear it and say, hey, here's where it was, but things picked up, uh, was, was a pretty good side overall. Brandon Vogel's with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogue's to the McCaffrey situation. Uh, and if you're Frost, are you getting uh, beaten like a pinata unfairly nationally? Or do you just have to even be more careful? I don't think you said anything wrong, but the, uh, the part about lesser program, or I don't know what, what set off the McCaffrey's, other than they they jumped all over Scott's history of, of one transfer. Uh, what do you make of that? Yeah, it's it's one of those things that it's just it, – it's best avoided if you can do it. That said, as, as someone who doesn't put all of the time and sweat equity into recruiting, you know, 25, 20, 25 guys a year to get them on campus, I mean, it's, it's a grind to do that. And now in this era to, to have some of those guys that you put all of that in, you put that sort of investment in, opt to go elsewhere. If I were a football coach, I'd be, I'd be pretty, pretty salty about it as well. I still think you got to take care to, to make measured comments so it doesn't feel like, and again, this is totally op- open to interpretation. We saw both of them yesterday. Uh, but some people interpret that as coming back on the kid. And I think you got to really take pains to avoid that. But, you know, we see it everywhere. You know, Scott Satterfield at Louisville, when Luke transferred, did him no favors. Uh, he kind of painted him in the stereotypical, oh, it's just a transfer kid again way when for the amount of time that he was there, I, I don't think anyone involved had a good sense of where he fit in the quarterback race. When I, I don't know what happened there. I don't cover Louisville. But it just gives me pause and makes me think that, oh, there was something else here. I don't know what it was, and maybe I never will. But it got painted as, yeah, he didn't want to compete for the job, so he's off again. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Brandon, for as much as Nebraska fans have been told that the Nebraska football team isn't relevant anymore, they sure seem to be pretty relevant in the national media every single offseason, at least for the past three, four off season. So is that telling you that this Nebraska football team is still relevant in a national media landscape? I mean, I think any of those programs, uh, whether they're in a similar spot to Nebraska now uh, or were, you know, like Alabama was 25 years ago or so. Um, 
they're always not far from people's minds. Now, a lot of the a lot of the attention the past couple of off seasons has felt a little bit like uh, Nebraska is a bit of a punching bag, and you know, and they're not blaming for that either. They're they're very upfront with with what they say and what they have said in the past, and you know, if if that's what you're going to do, some of that's going to come with it. it. It does feel a little bit like you know, following the the whole brouhaha with the Big Ten and restarting football and all of that. Um, they're a popular program to pile on right now, uh, which is a separate, I think, thing from their overall relevance. But for programs like that, they're just, I think they're always going to be. You would have to be down for a really long time. And I know know for a lot of people it feels like Nebraska has. um, I think for that to totally go away. Vogue's uh, a thought. I want to get into some of the intriguing Huskers for this 2021 season. And where does uh, Nick Henrich kind of jump on your radar? It sucks that Honus is out, uh, at least to start camp, and I don't know the severity, but it doesn't sound good, right, with, with his injury. But, man, you, you've got a kid that was a high-level recruit in Nebraska got when they uh, the, the new staff got when they got here, and the way things ended, uh, 400 tackles, I'm exaggerating slightly, against Rutgers, but... Uh, Henrich, man, uh, do you see him fitting and, and just kind of running downhill at that inside spot? Yeah, I do. And and being, you know, having the ability um, to play both spots, but Nebraska has, you know, said on multiple occasions they're, they're keeping him uh, on the inside for now is, is such a huge bonus to have. Um, Nebraska's got got three linebackers that I, I really like. It, it, it's been since Levante David that Nebraska's had a first-team All-Big Ten linebacker. Now, it's pro- it might be as tough a league in the country to earn that designation. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of good linebackers in the league. And this is really the first time in you know a handful of years where I look at Nebraska's core between Reimer, Kalarvik, and uh, Henrich in, in trade. I could see any one of those guys jumping up and getting there. And, you know, and maybe that's too much too soon for Klarvik coming from FCS, but, you know, he's, he's a really good player. He's a really good athlete, too. Um, and, and Harris is in the same, same boat, and he's been in the system longer. So I, I think you'll see a pretty good rotation there between those three, and I think you're going to see a lot of plays made. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if at the end of the year, you know, Nick has kind of moved up the list from where he's been, you know, just based on the amount he's been able to play so far. Yeah, while we're talking transfer portal, is this class of incoming transfers talking uh, Klarovich, uh, Samari Toure, uh, who am I forgetting? Step. Oh, Marquis Step. Is this the best class of Don't transfers? Don't forget Tariq. <laughs> is, is, is this the, yeah. the best class of transfers that Scott Frost has gotten into Nebraska since he's been here, at least on paper? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, you know, I was talking with Derek Peterson about it today. The four guys you just listed all could potentially be starters. I think at least two of them, you, you just, you pretty much lock in, uh, in, in Toure and, and probably Kolarovic, um, you can pencil them in, I think pretty strongly that they're, they're going to be, they're going to be in the starting lineup or very, very close to it. Game one. And, and the other two are going to have a great shot to, to get there. So you look at that, you know, the transfer portal for Nebraska to this point has been a little bit hit or miss, but you know, it, it was brand new on top of everything else being brand new in 2018. 
And I think most coaching staffs in the country are just finally getting kind of a grasp on it. So it would, it would be, I think, on the right timeline for, for Nebraska to, to be making that push. Vogues, I need to know, and it could end up Vandy versus Tennessee uh, for the College World Series a week from Monday. A lot of baseball to be played, of course. But what's the difference from a fan base standpoint, knowing the uh, the region you're at and and just not far from from either fan base? What are we uh, What are we looking at here? Describe the Tennessee fan base and describe the Vandy fan base. About a minute. <laughs> Uh, the Vandy fan base is some of the people who live in Nashville and all of the people who went to Vanderbilt, and the Tennessee fan base is everybody else. Okay, so, uh, that's that's kind of what you're what you're looking at, and you know, and Vandy's kind of been a fixture. I know Tennessee's been been to Omaha in the past mm-hmm. on, on multiple occasions. It's a good baseball program, but this year for the Vols came out of man, it didn't come out of nowhere, but. You know, I don't think they were one of the favorites to, to to make the College World Series at the start of the year. So I expect you'll get some pretty good travel from uh, folks in, in that bright orange. And uh, the Vandy baseball fans are, are used to this. So they'll, they'll show up as well. White wine in a Vandy tailgate? Yeah, that's my sense. <laughs> I've never been to a game there yet. I, I was there for the practice facility for... Uh, when Nebraska was in the Music City Bowl. It's a nice practice facility. It looks like an SEC practice facility. So uh, they got that going for them. But, yeah, it's it's a little more highfalutin as, as a ball fan, I'd say. So white wine versus Bud Heavy is what we're getting at. <laughs> All right. Vogues, uh, we'll check in Saturday, Bud. Thanks for the time, and give the little man a fist pound. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. All right, there he is, Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity. 20 minutes away, the coach, Gary Barnett, Pride of Chicago, Danny Burke on the way next hour. Tale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Brandon Vogel. Just heard from Mike Eckler. Outside linebacker, special teams guru for Tennessee. I don't think he's going to be making it back for uh, Tennessee baseball in Omaha. They have camps going on. So that's saddening. But we are adopting T-Mac. This is incredible news. It's got an update from uh, Jaybird Erickson. Junior's basketball team actually won today. Mm. They beat East in its summer league 47-41. to it's way too many points for, uh, oh, God. I need to know if it's that's just the first half. That's just the first half. Wow. Play some, it, someone needs to teach these kids no, how to play some defense. Defense is, defense is optional in summer league. That's, that's how they play But what the I NBA need to know is how many of the 10 team fouls Junior committed. Okay, that, that is the game. It is a win. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say 47-41 at the half would be we pretty even got incredible. The, we even got the points. Line was minus minus four, <laughs> four and a half. You know it's one eight hundred bets off time if you're betting on Junior's summer league team. No, well, what kind of basketball dad are you? Is it a uh, is it a a successful stat line for Junior's like five points, five fouls, six rebounds? Is that no, what you're here's for? I am an absentee father and a piece of crap right before Father's Day because I, I have work. 
<laughs> so I didn't. Get, I've not gotten to watch him play hoops. So that's that's on me. But I've got uh, watchful eyes there, and I'm thankful. I'm supportive of him. I mean, we. He shook Mama down for some new Kyrie's. It's got to be the shoes. It's got to be the shoes. That's why they well, won. Well, you know what? He was going to buy from Uncle Mark the, the Kobe Grinches. Ooh. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. You're not dropping that kind of coin. By the way, you're broke, allegedly. So how are you going to fund this? Uh, let's talk cheating. Let's talk uh, Arizona State. You pay to win the game. Is that the new motto at Arizona State? I, I do like Herm. Man, I remember working for Coach Brown and his show, and he had Herm Edwards on, and Herm's the best. And I thought Herm was doing a great job, and I hope Herm's, like, innocent. But I just don't know that, that there's so much digital evidence and smoke about breaking <laughs> breaking COVID protocol. Yeah, let's let's come see each other in the office at nine. Oh, about that visit. You know you're in deep bleep if Skippy Newheisel's going after you. Let me just say it this way. If true. If okay, because I've not seen any of these photos. I've not seen Thank but we're God. told that they exist. If true Herm and his staff will get what they deserve. If you cheat, you should be admonished for cheating. That's just the way it is. We'll wait and see if there's a defense. But if not, if it is as it's being reported, then they'll get what they deserve. And I think I speak for all the coaches that are abiding by the rules when I say that. Okay, do we have more from Skippy? From Rick Neuheisel, Slick Rick, Wonder Boy. A lot of nicknames for this guy. A lot of jobs. Great bank account. Attorney. Plays acoustic guitar near a fireplace in Boulder. One time led his team out uh, through the student section with uh, Tongan war drums banging away as they get rocked by 24. But yeah, Rick Neuheisel does a good job on ESPN College Playbook. For Arizona State and their fans, it's a tremendous blow because there was real tangible excitement in the Valley of the Sun. They were excited about Jaden Daniels. They were excited about the direction of the program. This to me is tragic. If, if this was allowed to take place, given the outward excitement for the program, I can tell you this is going to be really damaging to the psychology of the Arizona sports fan who is looking forward to watching Arizona State football back on this kind of stage as it looked like it was headed towards. Two things. One, my only experience with Arizona State, the 96 Arizona State-Nebraska game, many of you know how that went. That is up there with some of the worst treatment uh, pouring beer all over us. I just opened my mouth and got a free beer. But they're, 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 the ones we ran into were punks. That was not a good day for Nebraska. Rick Neuheisel, per the Bleacher Report, extremely controversial and tumultuous coaching career since being hired at Colorado in 1995. After choosing to leave Colorado in 1999, Colorado investigated for an NC, by the NCAA for 50 Three recruiting violations. 51 occurred while Skippy was 
head coach. Improper visits. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. No, Skippy'd be outside the kid's house. Or he'd bump into the kid at the grocery store. I mean, it was just, let me send you some gear. I mean, it's not, here's a bag full of money stuff. It's not a free Ferrari or, or Trans Am. I don't think anyone ever got a Ferrari in college football. So then he jumps to Washington. He improperly visited five Husky recruits. The NCAA finished their investigation on Colorado, put that program on two years probation. New Heisel, also not allowed to do any off-campus recruiting for seven months. And then he bet on basketball. He won the office pool for five grand. Washington was fed up with his crap. They fired him. Wrongful termination. Skippy got $4.7 million in settlement from the Huskies. That Huskies team, the only team to beat the vaunted 2000 predecessor to the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. Slick Rick always knew how to walk into a really good program. Colorado was top five, top ten good in 95 and in 96. Parlayed that into Washington. Got to a Rose Bowl. Finished in the top ten. Got an extension. Then he was at UCLA for a while. He's done the whole Pac-12 and it ain't spring break. So, Wow. You know it's bad at Arizona State if Rick Neuheisel is shaking his finger, putting his guitar down, and saying, man, you get what you deserve. And, and did you see the the old tweet that was dug up from Herm Edwards when he got hired at Arizona State? Uh, it was, and I quote, Integrity is the sum of every right decision and every honest word. It is built slowly over a lifetime, difficult to build, but easy to tear down. Trying to live a life of integrity isn't always easy, but it is always right. And guess what? Herm, you still may be a guy that says and does a lot of the right things, but brother, it's on you with who you hire and who you put in charge and who's risen to power within your program. If you're more the CEO, NFL hands off, let my coaches coach type mindset. So we'll get coaches take on this Gary Barnett who followed Rick Neuheisel at Colorado. Danny Burke will join us. Deb the Spa Lady. I mean, we need to get a, a swim spa here for the station or studio or for sure my back patio. Crank it down to about 70 and and just deal with the 104 outside. We'll wind down hour one at Tail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Gary Barnett, Daddy Burke, Father's Day special going on. Ten print issues in the 2021 football yearbook and premium digital coverage for you with Hale Varsity. Log on today, $24.99 for the year. Boom. Take care of Dad, the Husker fan. Amazing content coverage, inside opinion. And phenomenal photography. It's all there. Brandon and Aaron and Jacob and Gregors. He doesn't like me calling him Gregors. Greg and uh, Dr. Petey, Derek Peterson. I mean, John and the crew, the photography. It's awesome. Mike Babcock's incredible. Do it. 
Take care of Dad for Father's Day. HailVarsity.com. Get your subscription. $24.99 is the number. No fouls on Junior. Got to get those numbers up. Well, here's my question. You, you got to be the enforcer. Here's my question. No fouls because DNP, <laughs> coach's decision, <laughs> or did you find a kid you could guard? Well, it, it, He's the worst at reaching in, man. Okay, yeah. See, that's... Side-to-side uh, side movement will come uh, once he grows into those size 12 feet. Reaching in the classic move of the uh, the unathletic white kid who's out there just... He's the classic, it's a classic move of a Schmidt. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you've been beat off the dribble and it's now, oh man, I gotta oh. do something. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for me to get as big as Lambeer and deliver the elbow. Reminder about buckling up 70% of people and... Fatal crashes in Nebraska, not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury. We got a text from Junior, and he just swore at me on the uh, the old text line. Uh, where do I go here? Okay, yes. Fatal injury seatbelts uh, buckle up. 60% of fatal injuries um, are caused uh, when you're not buckling, buckling up. So your best defense in any crash Buckling up, brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Yes, Junior, I am bad-mouthing your defensive ability. Don't worry. Blame me. Okay, you take one of these three. You get to pick three mascots from the Big Ten to a summer cookout. Who are you taking? Brutus the Buckeye, Bucky Badger, who cares? Goldie Gopher, Herbie, Herky the Hawk, Nittany Lion, Purdue Pete. Scarlet Knight, you've got Willie the Wildcat, you've got the Turtle, and you've got Sparty. I'd take Purdue Pete just to see if we can burn his face off. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I was, I was because, concerned because I was going to say, I'd stay as, as far away from Purdue Pete as I can. It scares me. <laughs> Purdue Pete looks like uh, Michael Meyer, you know, from Halloween. That, that's where I go with that. Well, I think Herbie Husker's a shoe and he's bringing the corn. Yeah, Herbie's cool. Little Red needs to stay away. He's flammable. Mm-hmm. Eh, I'm quite certain there's booze with Bucky Badger. So he, he might have to come. He might have to show up with the cooler. I think Goldie's probably a good time. We will refrain from any commentary when it comes to Penn State. We just won't. See, I, I'm, I'm going to avoid Willie the Wildcat, too, because he's going to start talking about that, like, you know, Northwestern college politics and economics and all that. I don't want that. <laughs> He'll take that shine of being the smartest guy in the room away from you. Yeah, I'll avoid that. Scarlet Knight would be okay. Probably won't wear sleeves. Um, and then there's the Hawkeye, Herky. Can't do it, can we? No. No, my, my question is, who can be my cornhole partner? That's what I'm really wondering. I'm looking, I'm looking hard at Sparty. I think Sparty would be a good cornhole partner. He's got that, you know, the, the, the Spartans. They, they, they the, love to the, fight and the, stuff. The, There's good competition. <laughs> the Greco-Roman part. Yeah. <sighs> Just gonna shut up. <laughs> Coach Barnett's on the way. Tail varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. 
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. Hour two, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Nebraska landing a commitment at running back out of Reno, Nevada, Ashton Hayes, committing to play for the Big Red. Pretty talented back. We'll have more next segment. You've got Chris Murray with uh, Nevada Sports Net that uh, is reiterating this from Hayes' coach, so we'll we'll dive into the running back spot for Nebraska for 2022. We welcome in Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett, Northwestern in Colorado. Coach, we're uh, nearing Father's Day. How you doing? Doing well, Chris. Getting healthy. Man, it's uh, nice and hot like it is in Lincoln. It's hot here. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's summer. It's what, what it is. So. What, what's the boulder temp today? We're we're about ninety five today, but we've been we I think I think Denver hit a hundred yesterday, mm. uh, and then I think we cool off tomorrow, so it gets a lot better. But we've been we've had four or five straight days of real heat. So does that just mean an earlier tea time? Um, no, yeah, just hydrate. I got with you. Whatever. I drink with whatever. <laughs> whatever the card gals got, I, I got you. No, I like it. Um, card person. Card person. Card, thank you. Card person. So, Coach, uh, what is uh, the, the best Father's Day gift you've got ever? Oh, gosh, Chris. I don't know. Grill, you know. socks, golf shirt. <laughs> you know, I, I usually take care of my own gifts. <laughs> So, wow! So there we go. There's never there's never any real surprises at our house. So um, I don't know. I it's uh, it's just I guess for me it's just fun to I, I play golf with my son and our uh, three grandkids go to the pool and then we have we had a rib off last year. Uh, this year we're not we're doing it later. We're doing the rib off down in Branson, Missouri at Big Cedar Lodge. Okay. So. So, My son's pretty good. He's good with his ribs. So okay, I was, uh, was going to ask the, the rib off sound. I need to go a little further there before we get into football. Are you? I know you. You have been in search of the perfect rib. We've talked a lot about smoking ribs. What's uh, what's what's kind of the kicker? The the specialty that you're up against when you're doing the rib off. What's what's kind of the signature part of of your kids' ribs? Well. You know, Chris, you just can't let that kind of information out uh-huh. to the general public, you know. I, but I really do believe the rub is the key. Oh, it and, is. Uh, I believe the rub is the key, and I think uh, cooking time and temperature is essential. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so but last year last year we had the cook-off, and um, – I probably manipulated one of my grandsons so that I won, but because uh, he wanted his dad to win, so I sort of manipulated him, and so I ended up winning the rib off by one vote. 
That's... I feel pretty guilty. I feel guilty about it, but uh, <laughs> not for long. So here's here's a couple of bucks. Go turn that little dial one one notch up to two fifty. No, no, we we color coded the ribs with. I mean, we color coded the. Uh, we put a toothpick in that, in each rib. Okay. And one one color was what my son cooked, and one color was what I cooked. So everybody would take a rib. The whole family, they take a rib and eat it, and they decide, they they take two. They decide which one of the two colored uh, toothpicks they mm-hmm. they liked. And so my son wanted his dad to win so bad. Mm. My grandson wanted his, his dad to win so bad. And I sort of tricked him into thinking that one was the other. So he voted, and he ended up voting for me. He thought he was voting for his dad. So... <laughs> It would it would have been uh, I, I think it was a tie at that point in time. So he broke the tie. There we go. No overtime. I love it. Well, we, got, I, we have stricter rules this year, so uh, I, I'm not, I can't converse with the uh, with the uh, judges. <laughs> That's pretty good. I want to dive into to what's going on at, at Arizona State and kind of get your reaction to Yahoo's story. And the uh, the allegations that are that are out there about breaking COVID protocol and improper visits and what's your reaction? You've been around the Pac-12 a lot. Has there been anything swirling like this over the last few months, or was this shocking to hear about uh, with Arizona State here and the allegations? Well, I think uh, coaches. Had, had sort of heard that this was going on. I, I had talked to one of the coaches in the, in the league, and he said he had heard that there was some stuff going on at Arizona State. And um, But, uh, you know, I, I hadn't heard it from other than one guy, and so then all of a sudden when it came out today, just sort of affirmed that maybe it was going on. Um, and, and I don't doubt it. Uh, Chris, I mean, unfortunately, there, there's a mentality in coaching and in especially assistant coaches that, um, you know, you've, you've got to push the envelope and you've got to, I don't want to, I don't want to use the term if you're not cheating, you're not trying, but mm-hmm. there, it goes right up to the edge of that. And, and there is a cavalier attitude towards rules sometimes. And so I'm not, Totally. I mean, I, I totally get that it probably happened. I'm not mm-hmm. surprised. Um, the other thing is, you got a lot of professional coaches in that on that particular staff, uh, and you know, the college rules are seem really uh, stupid to them sometimes. So perhaps part of that played a, a role mm-hmm. in all this. But uh, it does. It sounds like they have a lot of evidence. And it sounds like that there were a number of different people. And when you hear about how they did it, I think those of us, well, people who are on the outside look at it and go, well, those rules are stupid anyway. Mm-hmm. And maybe they are, but, but you have to have rules. And they have rules. And when you break them, I don't care how stupid they are, if you break them, you're a rule breaker. And then that has to bring about some sort of punishment. Um, so we'll see what happens with it. But I am um, I am not surprised at all. And if you if you told me there was another ten or fifteen schools doing it, I wouldn't be surprised with that either, 
you know, the COVID deal, you know, that's, uh, that was, first of all, it was hard to enforce at the time. And secondly, it was just at a time in which all this, you know, what they were doing, if we didn't have COVID, would have been legal. And so there's a way in which you can justify what you're doing by looking at it and thinking about it that way. Do you think this is tip of the iceberg with with different programs around the country or are other programs just better at, I don't know, not having a, uh, a staff that's divided? Because that's also the part of this that sounds like was the big problem. It's one thing to cheat. It's another thing to have members within the athletic department collecting de- digital evidence to turn in some of the rule breakers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, that's, that's the culture, Chris. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of it. That's sort of, you know, sort of, I don't want to say it's dirty. It's just unsavory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, those of us who have been in it know that it's out there and know that it exists. And so tip of the iceberg, uh, if that means was there a lot of it going on, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know of it. Sure. I, I really don't. But it would not surprise me that that sort of thing happened. It, You know, that's that sort of stuff happens anyway. Mm-hmm. And why should COVID change all that? So yeah, I think if you're prone to do it, I don't care what the conditions are, you're going to do it. And that's, you know, that's that's part of the risk you run and hire a bunch of young guns that are that are uh, just trying to make a name for themselves. It's also, you know, any more coaches are paid so much money that they almost ignore the rules. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think some of that exists. I think sometimes coaches feel like they're above those stupid rules, uh, unfortunately. But... Um, you know, to say how much to be able to point to it and say where it is. And, and I, I, really, most schools won't turn each other in because it's like whoever casts a stone, <laughs> you know, does he, li- you know, you better not live in a glass house. So, yeah, it's, um, it, it's just, it's the unsavory part of it, I mm-hmm. think. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, want to get your reaction to. Some social media backlash, and I, I sent you the story on on uh, Christian McCaffrey, right? His right. response to to Coach Frost. We we have the audio from the event yesterday, and in the the whole, re, it was a Q and A session by Coach Frost. He was asked about the portal. He gave his thoughts, and it was pretty on point. Where once the music stops, you might not have a chair. That's the danger of the portal. And what was out there was picked up on by Christian and then uh, another McCaffrey brother, and they, they took a, right. a Coach Frost. Matt. Yeah, and, and what's what's the thought here um, from you? And I guess the, the other part of that with this is, is just portal in general. You know, what, what can be done to help navigate or clean up the portal if you're the NCAA because it's just it's just a mess right now with the free transfer and there may not be a spot for you or if there is a spot for you guess what come on to Louisville as an example someone's telling the McCaffrey's come on to Louisville and be quarterback and then you get to Louisville and then you're you're now at Rice because you weren't going to win the quarterback job at Louisville well it, what you're what you're watching 
is a loss of control by coaches of in a sport and in situations where they've had tremendous control in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been uh, a little by little it's been taken away every year. The portal uh, is just an example now of probably the you know, the most obvious loss of control that coaches have at this point in time. And the current environment is such that they are taking more and more control away from coaches. And it's going to, it's a struggle for, for guys who've had a lot of control. And, and, you know, one of the big issues that college coaches have had when they go to the NFL is they don't have the kind of control that they would have, uh, uh, like they did in college. I mean, Nick Saban's a perfect example. Nick Saban goes to the NFL. He gets one first-round draft choice, uh, and he doesn't. You know, all the rules are the same. Everybody has to play by the same rules. No, you know, and so all of a sudden he was an average coach. But you put him in a situation where he has advantages, where he can now get 22 first-round draft choices a year. Um, he has tremendous control. So coaches in college are all of a sudden losing control. I mean, every month there's a degree of control that's lost. The portal is just the, you know, it's just the last thing that's come up. Names, images, and likenesses is going to be another one. Um, a sponsorship, all that sort of stuff just ekes away at coaches' control. And so um, now you're you're in – Every environment that you're in, every college environment is a little bit different. And so uh, if you lose that control, then, you know, players are doing what they want and they, they, they're getting advice. And players, you know, I mean, I, I don't want no, I don't know if I want to agree or disagree with Scott and what he says, but mm-hmm. I think some of what he says is absolutely true. But it's not that they're getting bad advice. It's just that it's who you choose to listen to. Mm-hmm. And they chose to listen. Those guys chose to listen to somebody. It influenced their decision. I mean, all of life comes down to who you choose to listen mm-hmm. to. So, but that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a loss of control by college football coaches. Coach, I've got a couple of minutes left, and I'm not, I don't know the McCaffreys at all, okay? I don't know the Warners at all. I just know that both both daddies were were great in what they did, and I wonder, did you shy away from recruiting famous kids, or was it did it even come up? Did you have an an opportunity to do that? Um, you know, I I don't know that I ever thought about it a whole lot, other than if, if you did, you knew you had pretty good genes. Right, you, sure. You, that's why you do it. You, you also had, you know, that, that's a wonderful thing, and uh, uh, you knew they had pretty good genes, and you you thought that you probably had parents or parents or a parent who understood the game uh, and understood the, how tough it is, but that doesn't always work out. But I, I don't think I ever thought about it too much. I didn't shy away from doing it. And I mm-hmm. didn't go out and actively try to do it it's just what however it fell is how it fell well thanks for your input on it coach have good father's day thanks for jumping on and talking recruiting and portal and 
Twitter and and, and ribs. Some, <laughs> someday we'll get that. Have a great Father's Day. You too. Someday we'll get that uh, that that rub. All right. Later, bud. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. There he is, Gary Barnett with us. There's no way he'll ever share that uh, that rib rub with me. I did love. I know we spent a few minutes on on smoking ribs, but that was good. Okay, we will have an update here on uh, Ashton Hayes, the uh, newest running back for Nebraska. That's big time. Who's coming on? Chris Murray, writer for, what is it, the Reno? Reno Sportsnet. Reno Sportsnet, that's it. All right, that's next. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio. The voice of- and we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio listen? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Good stuff from Coach Gary Barnett. Uh, good insight on recruiting Arizona State and uh, the McCaffrey situation. We welcome in with Nevada Sportsnet, Chris Murray, reporter, covers Nevada and Reno High School football and sports in the region. Chris, uh, welcome into Hale Varsity. Thanks for uh, turning this around for us. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Doing, out, doing outstanding. I wanted to get your thoughts here uh, on uh, McQueen uh, running back Ashton Hayes. Verbal commitment to Nebraska. You reported that uh, a little bit earlier today. Uh, what's uh, What was your read on, on Ashton and specifically your, your contact with Coach Snelling? Did this develop quicker than you thought or did you feel like based on what you were hearing that you thought Nebraska might be the front runner? Yeah, I mean, I think it did develop a little bit quicker. I think Nebraska was pretty upfront with him that they wanted to take one running back in this class, and he was the second of their top running backs to take an official visit. So, you know, if you wait in a situation like that, uh, maybe you don't have a spot at Nebraska. So I think that probably pushed him into a little bit of a quicker trigger than maybe he had uh, imagined. But he went there, and he had a lot of fun, and he enjoyed it and felt like it was a good fit. His first official visit was to Cal. And the interesting thing about Cal is their top recruiter of Ashton is a guy named Angus McClure. Angus McClure uh, was Nevada's assistant coach for two years, their associate head coach. So, uh, you know, he had recruited uh, Ashton for quite a bit. I mean, they had been in the same area. Uh, Angus McClure is known as one of the best recruiters in the West Coast. His family actually lives right down the street from me. They still live here, even though he's coaching at Cal Berkeley. So uh, I think for Nebraska to kind of go over the top of what Cal was able to offer in that relationship that Angus McClure has been able to have with Ashton Hayes. Uh, Angus McClure's home is less than two miles away from where Ashton Hayes played his first two seasons of high school football, Damani Ranch High School. So, uh, you know, for all of those things to be overturned by Nebraska, it just shows you how much Ashton enjoyed his trip out to Lincoln last weekend and the fact that he didn't want to potentially lose the opportunity to play there if he did wait on giving them a verbal commitment. They went in another direction. Chris Murray is with us uh, from uh, Nevada Sports Net. We're talking about uh, Ashton Hayes committing to Nebraska, running back out of uh, the Reno region. So you mentioned Angus McClure. I mean, he was rumored to be, uh, you know, a hire by Nebraska. It was a name on the short list because of his recruiting prowess uh, back when, when Riley was here. So Nebraska fans familiar with well, Angus on the recruiting trail, those that, that, that follow recruiting pretty heavily. So that's impressive for Nebraska. Give us some thoughts on, on Ashton's style and game. Who does he remind you of? And what, uh, what fit do you see with what Coach Frost likes to do? Yeah, I mean, he's a really good back. He's a really good prospect. He's, you know, five foot 11. He has very good size. 
Um, he's ex- exceptionally fast. I mean, he's going to run faster than a four five forty. So he's got the speed power combination. Uh, you know, this is a guy who's been a four year varsity player. He did transfer halfway through his uh, high school career, but. Um, you know, he's uncommon for this area. Not to say that Northern Nevada doesn't get recruited all that much. I mean, you look at this 2022 class, they've got five kids who have offers, three of them from Power 5 schools. One of Ashton's teammates in McQueen, Robbie Snelling, uh, the son of Jim Snelling, his head coach, uh, you know, is a kid who's a top 100 MLB prospect and also a kid who's been uh, offered by uh, a ton of top 25 football schools. So, you know, he goes against good competition, but it's not the level of competition you're going to see in California or Texas. So I think that makes him stand out quite a bit more. I mean, uh, you know, there's not a lot that he can't do on the field. You go back to his uh, sophomore season at the Monty Ranch, there's a kid for ran for, you know, almost 2,500 yards and 30 touchdowns in 13 games as a sophomore. Uh, I remember doing a story on him as a freshman, and he talked about how much he puts into his nutrition um, to be the best athlete that he can be. This is a 14-year-old kid back then so you know he's been kind of training to get to this point all of his life and you look at northern nevada the reno area uh you know there's only been a couple of kids who have been running backs who have even gotten to the fbs level uh there's a kid named peyton dixon who was a year before ashton who went to fresno state um but before that you got to go back to like the 1990s uh so this is pretty rare for this area but ashton kind of stood out from the beginning just because of his athleticism and that that you know height going with the speed combination yeah, and you, you mentioned the speedboat. As I'm watching his huddle highlights, one of the things that stands out to me is there's a lot of bigger guys that actually seem to bounce off him as he runs. Is it sneaky power, or, or is it just actual power he has when running the ball? Because it, it's not just the speed for Ashton Hayes. No, yeah, I think it's actual power. Uh, you know, he's a very strong runner. It's not often that the first guy is going to take him down. You know, he had an adjustment last year going to a new school out there at McQueen, and it was obviously, obviously a shortened season. They only had... Uh, you know, five games the entire year because of COVID. But, you know, he started the season really slowly, and I think people were kind of questioning what was going on. Obviously, they knew he was still a talent, but, you know, his first two games, he didn't hit 100 yards, and this is a guy who was, like, averaging 175 the year before as a sophomore. But he really ended the season strong, 122 yards in Game 3, 146 yards in Game 4, and then 223 yards and four touchdowns in his last game. But uh, there was a game against Spanish Springs, which is one of the better teams in this area, uh, it was basically a, a win-the-game-or-lose-the-game kind of play at the goal line, and Ashton was running around the right end, and he got met before he got to the end zone, but he eventually dove and got into the end zone uh, you know, with less than a minute to play. Like He's got that additional power, that additional burst. And I think at, from an athletic standpoint, obviously he's going to go up to a power conference going into the Big Ten. That's a different story than if he had stayed home and played for the Mountain West. I think athletically he's not going to have any trouble getting up to that level and fitting in perfectly fine. I mean, there's another kid who he played with that the Monty Ranch, Cade McNamara, uh, who is going to be Michigan's starting quarterback this year. So, you know, it, uh, while there are not a ton of high-level guys that come out of this area, Damani Ranch, where he started his career, is a high-level program that has sent big names up to the Big Ten before. Chris Murray's with us. A couple more minutes. We're talking uh, Nebraska's uh, new verbal commit for 2022, Ashton Hayes, com is where you find Chris Murray. A uh, nice profile and story to check out on uh, Ashton Hayes. And, and Chris, when we talk about Nebraska and uh, their history and where they're at now trying to rebuild under Coach Frost, what's Nebraska's brand and name value like in your region right now? It seems like they recruit Reno quite a bit, actually. There are not a ton of Power 5 schools that come into this area, so I thought that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, there, there are not – it's just not a heavily recruited area, but you see a lot of Nebraska offers out here, so that's just kind of interesting to me. Um, you know, Nevada's former sports information director for football grew up in Nebraska, so we would talk about Nebraska quite a bit, and I do think that they're – 
Um, you know, maybe the, the image from the fans' perspective doesn't match up with the results over the last 20 years or so. Like, I'm an AP Top 25 voter. Uh, I've been doing that for a decade, so I follow all of these teams as closely as possible. And obviously, Nebraska has a great heritage of football, but it's not been very often in recent years where I put Nebraska in my top 25. So, uh, you know, I think Scott Frost inherited a difficult position where fans were expecting an immediate turnaround after he goes 13-0 and in two years at UCF. And that second year, they're in a you know, New Year's Six Bowl, and it hasn't been that quick attention. I think Scott Frost, as a voter myself, like, you know, I think you got to be patient with this guy. He's a good football coach, and, it's you know, the results haven't been there the first three years. But it takes time to build programs against power competition. I mean, that's a lesson you can look at from Nevada. I know Nebraska is not going to model anything after Nevada, but, you know, Nevada's head coach, Jay Norvell, was an offensive coordinator at Nebraska during his assistant career, and it's taken him a couple of years to get it up and running. The first three years weren't pretty, and then last year Nevada goes 7-2. and They're a fringe top 25 team. This year they've got potentially a first-round quarterback. They've got NFL players all over their roster. Wouldn't be a surprise if they get to uh, potentially a New Year's Six Bowl kind of thing out of the group of five. So, you know, I think you just got to give Scott Frost some time. Uh, You know, I think he's a very good recruiter. I think he knows what he's doing, and uh, there's certainly going to be pressure on him, though. I mean, you can't not go to a bowl game four straight years and Nebraska fans are going to be happy with what you're doing. Chris Murray's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, works for Nevada Sportsnet out in Reno. And we're talking Ashton Hayes, the newest commit for Nebraska football. Um, what kind of impact do you think that he's – I mean, is he the type of guy that is going to need a couple years to develop physically? I mean, you were talking about how much work he puts into his nutrition and his, uh, his athletic program. So do you think from a body standpoint he, he's pretty close to college ready or does he need a couple years? No, I think he's pretty close. I think it's just the level of competition in the speed. If he was coming out of Southern California, Texas, Florida, going against Division One guys game in and game out, I think it would be a much easier transition than what he's experienced here in Northern Nevada. So, you know, is he going to step in as a true freshman to give you a 1,000 yards? Like, I, I wouldn't put those expectations on him, but I think he's a guy who uh, certainly loves the game, and he's certainly going to put in the work. And he has been on the, you know, the traveling circuit been against other great competition in some of these camps um but yeah it's just it's a big jump from northern nevada high school football to, to go into the big 10 not to say that he can't make it like i said kate mcnamara stepped in there last year and he took joe milton's job uh, you know and that was a kid who was in his second year out of the same exact program uh, that ashton was coming out of when he started his high school career so you know he could be a guy who day one starts for your program depending on the depth chart but um you know i, I would think that it would take you know a couple of years just to adjust to what he's going to be facing up at the big 10 level you know his role in Nebraska is to be that speed back. And last thought here, Chris, from from your, your interactions uh, with either Ashton or or his coach, you know, was the connection pretty strong? Obviously, he committed, but just what type of of uh, relationship and and kind of payoff connection wise did he did he hit on with with Coach Lubick and Held? Because those were his two lead recruiters, and I know Coach Frost was was pretty impressive with him as well. Yeah, if you told me going into this, where would he have landed? I probably would have said Cal or Stanford. We went over mm-hmm. the Cal stuff just in terms of Angus McClure and the relationship they've been able to build. But, uh, you know, Stanford was kind of thought of as one of kind of the dream schools, you know, the schools that you're waiting for that offer to get. So for Nebraska to go over the top to make him go so far away from home, we're in Reno, about three and a half hours away from Cal and Stanford. So 
mom and dad could get out there and it would just be a little bit easier, you know, far enough away from home that you feel comfortable and you're doing your own thing, but close enough if you need to go home, it's a quick drive. So, yeah, I think Nebraska went in here and stole somebody who maybe on paper entering the recruiting cycle, you know, you thought maybe he would be a little bit more of a long shot because of some of the other offers and some of the geography. So, yeah, you have to give kudos to his lead recruiters for stepping in there and, and, uh, you know, getting him to give a verbal commitment so early in the process, you know, not wait until – uh, he gets a little bit more developed during this senior season and see if, you know, maybe he can upgrade to, you know, more SEC schools or things of that nature. So I think it's a really nice ad. Uh, you know, he's a great kid. He's a hard worker. He obviously has the athletic ability, and he's going to go in there and, and, you know, give you the best that he has. He's not going to get trouble off the field. Chris, thanks for the profile on Ashton Hayes. Chris Murray, NevadaSportsNet.com, uh, giving us the rundown on Nebraska's newest verbal for 2022. That's Ashton Hayes at Reno, talented back. Chris, take care. We'll be in touch. Thanks for a few minutes with us. Yeah, no problem. You guys have a good day. You too. There he is. That's uh, Chris Murray, NevadaSportsNet.com, uh, the first to, to break the news here on Ashton Hayes. Uh, running back five uh, eleven uh, sub four five, and uh, got to be the, uh, the the lightning part of that Husker backfield, and it sounds like that Nebraska wants one back for twenty twenty two. So uh, Hayes is the guy. I wonder where Williams is at because he's the kid out of Georgia they're looking at as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is not a, a sub four five like. Yes, he, he was timed electronically at a Nike camp as a sub-4-5. The quote uh, from Ashton Hayes to Parker Gabriel was that uh, Coach Frost told him to talk in a couple days after the visit last week, and then Coach Held and Coach Tuioti called me today and said, are you ready to get this thing done? And he said, mail me the papers. Nice. So he's in for Nebraska. A uh, uh, Burke's best bets on the way with Hale Varsity. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now. Say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Right of Chicago time, Danny Burke with us. Burke's best bets, Hale Varsity Radio. Rush Hour is Danny's show on the VEASAN Sports Network and iHeartMedia. And Danny Burke Fives, where you find him on Twitter. Pride of Chicago, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, Schmini. You know, I mean, it's getting tougher here with some of these basketball bets. It's It hasn't been the smoothest of weeks considering... Uh... You know, I had a bet on the Sixers to win the series, and then, you know, they just – this team's incredibly frustrating. It, blowing a 27-point lead, it's almost impressive. I can't even be mad. <laughs> you, start, you start seeing that get up to 27, nearing 30, and you start going the other way is what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, this team you think is finally taking a turn, and at home in a game they virtually have to win, and to have that big of a lead and blow it, it it's honestly just impressive, and I can't even say I'm surprised because the Sixers tend – to do this, not to this degree, but I, they just find a way to outdo themselves every post. Simmons is a insane athlete, but is not a threat whatsoever uh, with his mm-hmm. jumper. He's blindfolded the free throw line. I mean, they're, they're a mess. Embiid's playing hurt and trying to do what he can, but he'll eventually get fatigued. And here comes Atlanta. <laughs> let's uh, let's dive into Atlanta before we we get uh, your take on the Clippers and Jazz and Nets and Bucks, but. Uh, are you uh, are you staying away from Philly this time uh, as they get ready for Atlanta minus three? I think if I have to play it, and I don't want to fall in the trap of recency by Schmitty, but you know, 
how do you bounce back from what happened, right? I mean, I know Philly arguably still is the deeper and better team, but Joel Embiid's not 100%, yet he's still out there dropping almost 40 a game. You alluded to Ben Simmons is a liability offensively. You need Seth Curry and Tobias Harris to step up, which they do, and Seth Curry and Joel were the only players to make a point in the second half, which is just, how do you even let that happen? But, you know, Overall, I think it's got to be Atlanta or nothing, and I'm probably going to stay away from it. If anything, I would bet Atlanta, and if not, then I'll look for an in-game type of opportunity. But overall, I'm just going to be sticking away from that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you, and uh, I, I am sorry that Philly has done that to you. Your your futures, Autumn. How were you with the Jazz and Clippers? No Kawhi, uh, no problem. Uh, that shocked the heck out of me. Everything was saying Utah's got this, and that wasn't the case. You got to give the props to Paul George, right? And, you know, a couple buddies and I were talking about and saying, look, if he can get them even close in this game, like even if they lost that game by a few points or so, that's still respectable as hell because, you know, without Kawhi Leonard, everybody wrote them off, including myself. And in terms of the Jazz, you know, their offense was so slow, and Donovan Mitchell obviously isn't 100%, and he struggled for the first time really in that last game. So tip of the cap to Paul George, well done, finally living up to the hype you've been, or you were supposed to be bringing these past couple of seasons. So you got to think the Clippers get the job done in the next game. Uh, in terms of that next game, what I actually ended up betting was the total. So uh, looking at it, it opened about 218.5. That was up to about 219, 219.5, depending on where you shop. I played over 219. It's gone over it in all five games thus far. And if you look at what these teams have done this postseason, the Jazz defensively are allowing 120 points per 100 possessions. That's compared to 107.5 during the regular season. Huge difference. Defensively for the Clippers, they're allowing about four points more per 100 possessions, 116 compared to 112. And then I could get in deeper, but basically the offense is up for each respective team as well. So they're averaging a lot more, and they're giving up a lot more, and you've seen higher scoring between these two teams. They love to chuck it up from beyond the arc. And I'm going with the fact that the trend's probably going to continue and that it opened up relatively lower. It's moving toward the over. So I jumped on it sooner rather than later and went over 219 for the Jazz and the Clippers. Kind of looking at the box score, I mean, with with PG going for 37 and, and an efficient 37, even though he was not great from three, great on the glass. I've always liked Reggie Jackson's game, just seeing him mm-hmm. at Oklahoma City before he hit the free agent mark, market. And then uh, with Marcus Morris, I mean, he's been in, you know, he's been in the league for a million years out of Kansas. He was monstrous. I mean, you had four out of your five guys get double digits for you in the starting lineup, not much from your bench. But, hey, I couldn't have predicted that successfully. And really, L.A. did, uh, did, did a wow uh, in, in, uh, in Salt Lake. Now, just be careful, right? <laughs> Are they going to fall right when they've got momentum? Because now you, now you got to do it again uh, without, without Kawhi. And, and that's the thing, like, to rely on him to do that, on back-to-back games seems like a tough task, but you mentioned Reggie Jackson, who's been a stud this postseason, and Marcus Morris, I mean, it's, it's funny because that dude just refuses to pass the ball. I feel like he takes every single opportunity he has and chucks it up, albeit, you know, the past two games he's done fairly well, but if you look at what, what was it, game one or game two, where he's taken the last shot, it's like, okay, know your role out there, buddy, but, you know, obviously he's, you know, licking his chops at the opportunity of Kawhi being out so he can get more opportunities. And if he does what he did in the last game, 
then good for him. Keep shooting because that's going to be the way that the Clippers can win this series. And, again, you know, it all comes down to how much can you trust Donovan Mitchell and his health. If he's going to be raining from beyond the arc like we've seen him do, if he can take it to the rack consistently, then I think the Jazz can still win. But their defense just isn't as good as what we've been accustomed to with being. And even though Rudy Gobert's defensive player of the year, the Clippers' big men aren't scoring. That's the thing. So it's not like he's going to be out on Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris. He's doing other responsibilities. So at the end of the day, I think you have to give the edge to the Clippers here. And as tough as it is to bet them, because right when you think they're going to do it, they're inevitably going to disappoint. So that's why I'm only betting the over right now. But if I am leaning with who's going to come out on top, I think it's got to be L.A. Danny Burke with us, Pride of Chicago, Burke's Best Bets. Danny with VEASAN Sports Network, Rush Hour 6 to 7 Central on several affiliates and the iHeart Media outlet. Brooklyn and KD, kind of his signature game of his career. He's won before. This time he had to go Sherpa and uh, carried everybody. Went off, incredible. Did they close it out tonight against Milwaukee? Man, this one is so tough, Schmitty, because you would think that the Bucks would bounce back here. But at the same time, you know, I was talking to a guy, Adam Stanko, on our show. And first of all, shout out to him. He correctly predicted what was going to happen in the Hawks and Sixers game, like down to a T. It was uncanny. And in this game, he said he likes Brooklyn here because if you think about it, you know, that was another spot where you saw the team like Milwaukee up double-digit points against this incredibly banged-up, beaten-down Brooklyn Nets team. They blow that lead. Then you're getting Giannis having criticism for not defending KD. So that's a lot mentally and physically to overcome in this spot. I know the line is moving their way. It seems like it would make sense for them to win. But I'm not going to be surprised regardless of what happens. Now, if James Harden can actually contribute and get into, oh, I don't know, say about you know 15 points or so, I think the Nets win this game. But if he's going to do the same thing he did in the last matchup, he can't rely on Jeff Green to be the second-highest scorer, right? I mean, KD can do only so much, and to do it again would be a tough task for him to complete. It's not that it would surprise me, but, you know, that's so much on his shoulders. And the play that I'm doing instead, it does revolve around Giannis, actually, because his points, rebounds, and assists, that's an area you can bet. And it's at 52.5, all those combined. And I went under because he's been held under that in all five games of the series, all nine games this postseason. And, you know, even because of what happened, now that he's getting a lot of criticism, what if he's focused more so on Durant? And you look at a category where he would thrive, and that would be snagging boards as he's hanging down low. If he's going to be matched up against Kevin Durant, Durant's going to pull him out to mid-range, beyond the arc. That's where a majority of KD shots come from. So he won't be getting as many boards, which also helps stuff the stat sheet and get over it. So I think going under on Giannis is a good move, 52.5 with points, rebounds, and assists combined. I know he's dominating, racking up the points, but he's not doing too well with assists. He's probably going to get a double-double, but I don't think it's going to be enough to eclipse the 52.5. Danny, good stuff. We'll talk next week. Thanks, brother. You bet, Schmitty. Take care. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Good stuff from Chris Murray from NevadaSports.com. And uh, Nebraska's newest uh, running back commit to Ashton Hayes, Brandon Vogel, Gary Barnett with us. The woman in Lincoln, and quite frankly, the state of Nebraska, to cool you off, is Deb the Spa Lady. Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2. Spasonline.com, also off Industrial Road in Omaha. Deb, what do you have the, uh, the swim spa turned down to right now? 
Oh, wow. Yeah, we've got it turned down as low as we can get it so that it does cool off. Because, you know, sometimes you just have to put the garden hose in there and put some cold water in or even a bag of ice. I've even had to do that to cool things down. So it is extremely hot out there today, and it's nice that you can do those things. You can adjust it because not that long ago, it was extremely cold. (laughs) So the nice thing is you can adjust that and make it fit whatever season you want. And that swim spa will take care of every season. It's it's amazing. The perfect temp is what you're telling me you can offer no matter the weather in this wonderful state. Yes, that's exactly right. And it can change from day to day or hour to hour for sure. Well, exactly. Uh, you get rolling in the morning and... It's it's a, a balmy 79, and, and then it turns into 105, and Deb's like... I know, uh, just in a blink of an eye. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the swim spa, cold beer, and uh, or maybe just the, the four-seater or six-seater. Deb, you got a great selection at Home Innovation Spas. Yes, we do, and you need to come in and pick one out, get your name on one, get one ordered, so that you've got one in your backyard as soon as we can possibly get it there. We'll take care of it. 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln's where you can find Deb the Spa Lady off Industrial Road in Omaha, Home Innovation Spas, spasonline.com. Deb, what are the hours? When can folks swing by and see you? Check out that swim spa or check out the showroom. 10 to 6, Monday through Friday, 10 to 4 on Saturday, or go to our website. That is spasonline.com. A hot tub, a cold tub, or a just right tub. How's that? I like it. Just like the three bears. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) She said bears, not beers. Okay. Right. I did. (laughs) Deb, you take care, and thanks for spending time with us. Okay. Bye-bye. There she is. Deb, the spa lady. Go get that, uh, that swim spa. Get that cold tub going. Loaded show today. Plenty covered. And we we really didn't dive into, like, attendance. We were going to dive into the attendance of the Big Red Blitz because it wasn't quite invite only, but it wasn't bursting at the seams like 2018. Three reasons. A, coverage is coverage, right? There's coverage everywhere. B, it was 102, about everywhere. In the middle of the day, see, they haven't been winning. I uh, Do we have, uh, we're out of time. But Frost made me laugh with his comment to Evan Bland about uh, the Charlie Daniels band. Used to be selling out arenas. Yes. Used to be selling out arenas. Devin went down to Georgia. And then you're playing county fairs. Now Nebraska needs to start winning ball games. Guy like Ashton Hayes is going to help him do that. Elijah, Willie J tomorrow. I got juniors baseball. Be good. Enjoy. Talk to you Saturday with Hale Varsity.